Approximately 280 million people in the world suffer depression. Many more suffer from short seasons of depression. Most of them seek relief through pills and medication, which is often necessary. Many still haven't dealt with the root cause of their illness and look only to mankind to relieve them of this strenuous issue. Does this sound like you or someone you know? Let's get into it. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. Yes, and that includes sound effects. The content in today's episode is a great one, not just for adults, but for kids, too. I'm Timothy Gregory, letting you know that there is always hope for your struggle or addiction. Like the psalmist says in Psalm 119, trouble and anguish have taken hold of me. Unfortunately, this feeling is all too common. For the woman in our story, liberation came when she got to the root of the problem. We'll take a look at this on today's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. Let's get to it, folks. The classic true story of Kathy Wellen. to help me. What is it now, Kathy? I'm afraid I'll do something bad and end up in jail. That's ridiculous. No, it isn't. The thoughts will not leave. Uh, call the pastor and ask him to come and talk to me. I'm not going to do that. Look, t you tell me what's wrong and we'll work it out. You don't get it. I'm desperate. Kathy, you need to calm down. Look, I want you to stay down here in the basement and spend some quiet time with Hudson. The other kids are doing their homework, and I'll watch them so you can just enjoy time with our son. This thing will pass, honey. No, I can't stay down here with Hudson by myself. Yes, you can. You'll get better before you know it. You can do it. No, I can't. Let me out, Kip. Kip? Let me out! Let me out! No, Kathy, Kathy, where are you going? Come back here! You don't have a coat and it's freezing outside! Kathy! The woman in our story was married with four children when this crisis erupted. She had weathered many crises before, but none like this. This is the story of how she found lasting peace. The true testimony of Kathy Wellen, right now on Unshackled. I was the only daughter in our family, the middle child with two older and two younger brothers. That took most of mother's time. She faithfully took us to church every week. Dad went occasionally, but mostly he was busy with his law practice. I resented his being gone, and I sought ways to get his attention, even if I had to be punished. I was drawn to troublemakers at an early age. Can you believe that? The police coming to our door, not because of our sons, but because of our four-year-old daughter? You know it was the boys next door who broke those windows. They're undisciplined. She didn't have to join in. We don't know that she did. They just blamed her. 
She was probably watching them. Well, I don't want her even doing that. She's gonna get a spanking. Kathy! I developed a habit of deceit, lying to get what I wanted. When we moved from Michigan to Indiana, where Dad started his own business, he was gone even more, and the stress made him so crabby. My bitterness grew toward him. I had been in parochial school, but my parents put me in public school. In sixth grade, I hung around with girls who used bad language, and I occasionally smoked and drank with them. My parents had no idea that we even had parties with boys. Kathy, we've decided to send you back to parochial school next year. No way! You heard your mother. We don't want you in a public high school. I want to stay where I am! You're switching. You need more discipline and moral training. Oh, like I need another hole in the head. Don't be rude to your mother. Excuse me? Where do you think you're going? To Donna's house to give her the bad news. In high school, I soon found the kids who partied, and I even began smoking marijuana. Mom still took us to church, but I didn't know God. In 10th grade, I took a Bible class where they gave me a Bible, but I didn't read it. That year, I also met Kip, and we dated steadily throughout high school. I had no respect for people in authority and displayed a bad attitude toward everyone but him. You look great, as always, Kathy. I don't feel very great. What's wrong? I didn't make it into the Honor Society. I'm furious. You're kidding. You, your grades are good enough. Apparently, my attitude isn't. Well, that doesn't make sense. Tell that to Miss Pruneface in the English department. She's the one who torpedoed me. You think so? Who else? I talk back to her, so she's down on me whenever she gets the opportunity. Well, that isn't right. Tell me about it. I worked so hard on my grades. I know you did. Dad's going to take me to California on his next trip to console me, but that doesn't make up for it. I'm, I'm sorry, honey. Although I was small and thin, I exercised and dieted. Then I crossed into bulimia skipped meals, and purged myself when I did eat. I graduated in spite of my attitude and eating problems. I wanted to attend nursing school in our hometown, but instead I followed Kip to a university in Ohio. There, I drank heavily and was promiscuous. The next year, I transferred to the nursing school close to my parents, but I missed my boyfriend so much I drove more than four hours on weekends to see him. You're not eating much, Kathy. I'm not very hungry. In spite of the running you did? Yeah, I have a headache too. Are you all right? You, you seem to get a lot of headaches. No, I'm not all right, Kip. I have an eating problem. Could have fooled me after the way you chowed down a couple of nights ago. That's part of the problem. I go without eating for a few days, then I pig out. Then I vomit deliberately so I don't gain weight. I've been doing that since high school. Wow, that... That, uh, that sounds like bulimia. I think you're right. Do your parents know about this? No. Oh, you have to tell them. So they can help you. I, I'll stick with you no matter what. When I told my parents about the bulimia, they sent me to a psychiatrist. He thought the stress of nursing school was making me depressed and advised me to drop out. So I did, 
and went back to college with Kip. I controlled my eating for a while, and we were engaged. Then it started again. Alternately, I starved or stuffed myself. Heavy drinking didn't help. Did you keep the appointment with the counselor today? Yes. Did it help? Uh, yes and no. She thinks I might be afraid of marriage. Kathy, we're good for each other. There's never been anybody else since I met you. I love you, Kip. You know that. But something's eating at me. Maybe I am afraid of getting married. Maybe we should break the engagement. Oh, if you're sure that it'll help you. I'm not sure of anything. I'm just miserable all the time. I want what's best for you, Kathy. I won't stop loving you. He was always supportive, adding to my guilt and shame when I broke the engagement. I turned to other relationships, but whenever I had problems, Kip was always my closest friend. Hello? Kip, thank God you're home. Oh, what's wrong, Kathy? I had an accident with my parents' car. Are you all right? Yes. I was with my girlfriends and none of us were hurt, but Dad's upset, as usual. Oh, he's just worried about you. He says he won't pay any more money for college in Ohio. Then I guess you're not coming back here? No. I only have a year till I get my RN, so... I guess I'll finish at home. I continued seeing other men, but I also kept calling Kip whenever I had problems. In 1982, I graduated from nursing school and went to work at a hospital near home. I was so compulsive and fearful about eating and exercise that anxiety made me cry out to God one night for help. Then I had another bad accident where I rolled my car and walked away with only a few scratches. You're very lucky, Kathy. Yes. I have a patient my age who's like a vegetable after a similar accident. I have to wonder, why did God spare me and not her? I don't know, but I hope you'll be more careful driving. Definitely. What would I do without you, Kip? You're my best friend. I have to tell you something, Kathy. What? I'm dating someone. She's a special girl. Kip! You can't be serious. Yes, I am. You and I don't seem to be going anywhere. I'm coming to see you tomorrow, okay? We'll talk. Jealous and fearful of losing him for good, I drove three hours the next day and persuaded him to end the relationship. We set our wedding date, and I got help in group therapy. Through willpower, I quit practicing bulimia and followed a diet and exercise regimen. But when we married six months later, I was already pregnant and I blamed Kip. After our honeymoon, we returned to his apartment and I took a job as an RN in a nearby hospital. Hello? Dad, it's me. The new bride. Oh, we're very pleased to have Kip for a son-in-law, Kathy. He is a wonderful young man. Well, I'm not very happy. Uh-oh. What's wrong? I don't know anyone here. Why, he must have friends. He does, but I don't fit in with them. You know, um, I'm starting a new company here, and, and we could use him if he's willing to make the move. Really? Yes, I'll call Kip and offer him a pay raise. 
Kip took the offer, and we moved in with my parents. Not a good way to start a marriage. I didn't drink because of my pregnancy. A week before our baby was born, we moved into our home. Soon after our daughter Megan was born, I slipped into the old pattern, eating and vomiting. Guilt and self-hatred overwhelmed me, and I overreacted to most things. Oh, not another one! Why does this happen to me? It's not the end of the world, Kathy. You're not me. I can hardly stand being me anymore. Calm down, honey. Kip, I need help. My eating problems are back with a vengeance. I, I thought you had them whipped. So did I, but it's gotten worse. Oh, the stress of having a baby. I've got to get counseling and end it once and for all. How? The counselor recommended a place in Cincinnati. I'd have to stay there for four weeks, but you can visit on weekends. Oh, must be very expensive. It is, but maybe Dad will help. What about the baby? My mom or yours can keep her while you're at work. Well, okay. I'll do whatever it takes to help you. I've got to end it. I don't want Megan to be anything like me. I was determined to end my bad eating habits, and I did. At the end of four weeks, I needed follow-up counseling once a week, and I chose to go to the same clinic, which meant five hours of driving each way, one day a week. That's when my life took a turn for the better. Before getting so bad, I wanted to end it. Folks, we'll get back to Kathy's story in just a moment, but first, I want to share a bit about how our ministry is able to bring hope to people all over the world. Unshackled is now in its 71st year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of, well, supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, as you can hear, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we're able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link, if there's one where you're listening, or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org. That's unshackledpodcast.org. Org, and then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check, unshackled, we take checks. You mail that check to 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry. And now, back to the classic true story of Kathy Wellen. During the long drive and while changing radio stations one day, I came across a Bible teacher. I had never heard anything like the things he said. My friend, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of living God. Well, you better be prepared. The Bible says, and it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Now, someday you will stand before the holy God and give an account of your life. God is love, oh yes he is. Aye, we like to hear that, don't we? But he is also a God of justice. 
and justice demands payment for sin. The Bible says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Unless you know the Lord Jesus Christ, and I didn't say know about Him, I said know Him, then you must stand alone. And you don't want to do that because you have no merit in God's eyes. The prophet Isaiah wrote, But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. I searched for programs like that every time I made the long drive. I was drawn to these programs and felt peace as I listened. Our second daughter, Kate, was born, and I stayed in counseling for depression. Angry and irritable most of the time toward my family, I would ask forgiveness and then repeat my bad behavior. When I mentioned suicidal thoughts, the counselor suggested I see a psychiatrist. He put me on antidepressants. I was still going to exercise class where I made some friends. You look great, Kathy. If only the inside matched the outside, but I keep trying. You don't have to try with Jesus. What do you mean? He just wants you to put your faith in him. Trust in him. I believe there's a Jesus. Do you know that he died for your sins? Yes. I learned that from the church I attended with my family. Do you know for sure that you're going to heaven? Oh, no one can really know for sure. That's not what the Bible says. Let me show you. You carry a Bible? Everywhere. 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. You read, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Pretty clear, isn't it? I've never heard that before, but it's right there in the Bible. Why don't you come to Bible study with us? I began to pray that God would show me the truth, and I went to Bible study with them. One of them invited me to her house one day where they showed me more verses. As I left that day, I told God that I wanted what they had. Weeks later, as I was reading my Bible, I came to Ephesians chapter 2. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Oh God, I thought I had to earn your approval. It's a gift. Salvation is a gift. Heaven is a gift. Thank you, Jesus. I prayed to God for his gift of salvation that day. From then, my insatiable appetite for the word of God kept me reading the Bible and listening to Bible teaching on the radio. I told everyone about Jesus, offending some. I went to Sunday and Wednesday services at the church with my friends, but I kept going to my old church with Kip. After a year of attending both churches, I cried out to God. I sought counsel from my old pastor, but he had no time for me. So I went to the pastor of my friend's church. He opened the scriptures to John chapter 4, sharing the story of the Samaritan woman. She thought she had to worship on a certain mountain, but Jesus told her, 
God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Kathy, to worship God in spirit, you must be born again of God's spirit. Jesus said in John chapter 3, verse 3, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That's how you worship God in spirit. But what does he mean by worship him in truth? That's explained clearly in chapter 17, where he's praying for his followers just before his crucifixion. He prayed, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So I should go to church where God is worshipped by the teaching of his word. Yes, and read your Bible daily. Kip resisted the change initially, but the children loved the new church, so he joined us. I asked every Christian I knew to pray for my husband's salvation. After a year of hearing the gospel, he professed faith in Christ too. I was still taking the antidepressants when our first son, Jordan, was born. I loved my children, but sometimes the black cloud of depression followed me in spite of my new faith. I tried to tell the psychiatrist. So, you feel that you've committed the unforgivable sin? Yes. That's a classic symptom of your disease. I have a disease? Clinical depression is a chemical imbalance, probably inherited from your parents. Why don't the pills help? Hmm. We'll put you on a stronger dose. There's no blood test to determine the chemical imbalance. If the medicine helps, we know you have the disease. I've felt this way for so long. We'll try doubling the dosage to make you feel better. My spirits lifted on the meds, leading me to believe that I had a chemical imbalance. But I also battled the side effects of taking double the dosage for my body weight. What I was learning in God's word also gave me doubts. Look at this room! Oh, I told the kids to pick up their toys before they went outside. Relax, honey. Oh, I'm gonna make them come in and do what I said. Kathy, they're having fun out there. I don't like the mess, and I don't like they're ignoring me. We'll deal with it when they come in. You should back me up, Kip. I do. No, you don't. Are you taking your meds? You seem very uptight. I'm trying to cut back on them. Why? Because I don't think I should rely on drugs like that. Where does it say that in the Bible? For one thing, Jesus said, Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I'm not free. Well, you don't know all the truth yet. For another thing, I was reading the Psalms today, and one of them said that the Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Kip, I love the Lord, but sometimes I don't have peace. Oh, maybe I'm not saved. Oh, of course you are. God transformed your life and I watched it, honey. Just take your meds and you'll be all right. I was fighting a spiritual battle and I prayed and asked the Lord to show me what to do. But instead of trusting his word, I listened to medical experts like my doctor. Kathy, your disease is progressing. Progressing? The symptoms you describe are evidence. Let me give you an anti-anxiety drug along with your antidepressant. Let me think about that for a while. After reading the Psalms and talking with my husband, I tried once again to reduce the antidepressants. But I had such terrible nightmares that I went back to normal dosage. Six months later, and still doubting my salvation, I went to Kip. 
And that's when he told me to stay in the basement until I overcame my fears. I ran out into the cold February day with no coat, and he called his friends to help search for me. Several hours later, they found me half-frozen walking along a country road. They took me home. The next night, I awoke at midnight, more fearful than ever. Oh, oh, no. Huh? huh? What is it? I'm afraid, Kip. Afraid something will happen to our boy, and I'll get blamed for it. Oh, Kathy, we've been over this before. I'm afraid I'll do something to him. Something wrong. Oh, you're going to the doctor tomorrow. It might be too late. What do you want me to do? Take me to the clinic now. It's after midnight. Please, help me. All right. I'll have to find someone to stay with the kids. I ended up being admitted to the psychiatric hospital where they diagnosed me with psychosis. They didn't understand my spiritual battle, but they did wean me off the antidepressants I had been taking for 14 years. When I left 10 days later, they gave me a different antidepressant and an antipsychotic drug. I went to see the pastor. So where did that leave you? I had an allergic reaction to the meds and they weren't sure which one, so they discontinued both. Good. Except that I had so much anxiety, the doctor put me on a different antidepressant. Oh, Kathy. The Lord can change that if you let him. The Bible says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I want to change. I want to be off meds. Ask the Lord to help that happen and trust in him. Pastor, I have such doubts about my salvation. Trust in God's word, Kathy. You're still trusting in medical opinion and your feelings. Feelings change, but God's word does not change. Oh, I know. Memorize and recite God's promises to you. I do. I'm clinging to Psalm 103 where God says he forgives our iniquities and heals our diseases. Kathy, God doesn't always heal our diseases in this life. However, we must trust him and follow whatever he leads us to do. We're all praying for you. Six months after being in the psychiatric hospital, my husband and I attended a Christian seminar one weekend. I came home and threw all my meds away. Then I told Kip. If you believe this is God's will, okay. Boy, that's a change. You once thought I was better off taking all of them. God is changing me, too. I know that he wants me off drugs. Well, it was a good seminar. I learned so many things. So did I. For one, I have to control my anger. And your thoughts. We can't dwell on negative thoughts. Right. I think the main lesson was abiding in Christ. If we abide in him and walk in the Spirit... The rest is easy. Kip, you are like a picture of Christ to me. <laughs> Hardly. You are so loving and forgiving and yet so strong. I thank God for you. It wasn't easy going cold turkey off the meds, but God was with me every step of the way. Gradually, the anxiety feelings diminished. The promises of God are sure. And I just finally followed his leading. 
For me, to live is Christ, but I live by His power, not mine, and so can you. Listening friend, there is nothing wrong with seeking a doctor's help when we're sick. There's nothing wrong with taking the drugs that a doctor prescribes in the way that they are prescribed. Are there dangers and side effects associated with prescription drugs? Yes, of course. And doctors and pharmacists will explain the risks. Is it possible to abuse prescription drugs, overuse them, or develop unwanted dependencies? Absolutely. And the children of God must never allow themselves to be brought under the habitual control of a substance. Jesus said, But ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. That same life-giving power is for you, listening friend. All you have to do is ask God to save you because Jesus died for your sins. If you need help in making this crucial decision, get in touch with Pacific Garden Mission, 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607, or call 1-888-NEED-HIM. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions and we'll answer them here. It can be something you're curious about or just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org or call and leave us a message at 312-281-1264. We'd love to hear from you. Now, before we get to our sweepstakes drawing info, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast. And don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled in Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. All right, folks, the winner of the sweepstakes for the beautiful scripture plaque will be announced on our social media and right here on this podcast next week. So keep an eye out because the following sweepstakes drawing will begin immediately after that. This will be your next opportunity to enter and potentially win one of these beautiful reminders of God's Word. And next time... Here, mommy. I had this chair made especially for you, so you can sit as high as the players when you deal the cards. Merci, monsieur. Up you go. <laughs> I like being up here. And now I will teach you how to deal the cards. At the age of nine, Mimi Laflemme became a card shark. Cards, monsieur. Mimi, you are making a poor man of me. A cabaret dancer. <laughs> and drug addict. <laughs> after her mother gave her away. I cannot take care of you now that your father is dead. Mama, please. Don't miss the extraordinary classic story of how someone else gave himself for her. He chose you before the foundation of the world to be saved, to know him. How can that be? The classic true testimony of Mamie Laflemme on the next Unshackled. 
heard in the classic true story of Kathy Wellen were Alison Voller, Tom McElroy, Anna Maria Alvarez, Kurt Nabig, and Demetrius Troy. Original music, Caleb Tolleson. Sound effects, Demetrius Troy. Sound assistant, Martin Robinson. Audio engineer, Michael Kahn. Recording engineer, David Pierczynski. Script, Kenitha Gabler. That's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ.